Welcome in, welcome in, welcome friends to the inaugural edition of 3 In, 3 Out. What if the most unique Seahawks pregame show in the multiverse? I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me out on Twitter, at Clinton Bond. I'm joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter, at SeahawkersPod. And introducing, for the first time, the protector of Seahawks, what if, Phil Lydic. Phil, what's going on, buddy? We are so excited to launch this next edition of 3 and 3 Out that, of course, you can only find it on the Field Goals podcast. Go out there, subscribe, you know, share it, and, and enjoy raising the Hawkra. But let's welcome Phil Lydic to the show as the protector of what if. Phil, what's going on? Thank you, Clinton. Thank you, Clinton. I'm Happy and excited to be invited to do this brand new show for the season. I hope everyone, all the listeners out there will find some pleasure in listening to these hypothetical scenarios that just might take place. You never know what could change, uh, what could happen. Ended up on this show having some fun when you guys were over the offseason. Uh, I thought I'd add a little game show twist. And I always enjoy, I've always enjoyed both of y'all's three and three out show and just had a little fun that way. And so... Hoping this can be a good time as we kind of look forward to the games each week of just might what happened. And then we can find out if you guys really were as insightful as you thought you were or not. Right. Well, I prepare to be disappointed with that, my friend. But and so for the folks out there that are fans of three in, three out, uh, you know, we do that as a reaction show throughout the year. And we're kind of known for going into the, you know, living in the nooks and the crannies of of the games. And it's it's a unique reaction podcast. So we figured what happens if we if we flip that and put it in reverse? So this is what three in, three out, what if is all about. It's like, what if we peered into the variants of the Seahawks multiverse and we crafted a weekly preview show that made you think and it's going to make you question and it's going to ask you to choose your own little adventures here as the protector Phil walks through these, these what if scenarios for the upcoming game. So we're going to we're going to tackle Seahawks at Colts in a brand new way. And, you know, we haven't even heard from Brandon yet. Brandon, how excited are you that you get to get to be a co-host? And then, of course, the beautiful editing duties that you do of yet another Seahawks podcast. Oh, man, I cannot wait to jump to page number 57 and avoid the killer robots that are coming for us this weekend. Uh, but hopefully we just play the Indianapolis Colts. This is this is fun because you know we we did three in three out over the off season and Phil was coming in with his pain games doing the live show and through that we thought hey why don't we all get together and, and do something a little bit different now that the season has started so yes welcome to Phil super super excited to have this together and it's just a great opportunity you know I'm a big believer that action begets action and to remind folks out there that you know. Brandon and Adam started the Seahawkers podcast because they were fans. I'm mowing my friggin' lawn after after the 2013 Super Bowl win, and I hear the Seahawkers podcast for the first time ever, and I'm like, this is amazing. And I asked Brandon via Twitter or something if I could write blog posts for the podcast. He said, sure, that sounds weird, but why not? And uh, and then Phil, you know, Phil, how, how did you first uh, come about the, uh, the Field Goals podcast to begin with? Way back, like at the early part of 2000, I would get on message boards. Some of you, some of you guys are familiar with those on, I would be on this ESPN one. And I got to know a lot of the guys on there. We talk about a lot of the games. We talk about trades. We talk about needs. I remember the whole going through the whole poison pill hutch experience with a bunch of guys and things like that. And I just kind of enjoyed sharing what 
might happen, what could happen, what we felt like should happen to kind of get back to the Super Bowl and things were falling apart there. And then all of a sudden, ESPN kind of tore that whole thing down. And I was searching around for a community I could connect with and had some insight about things going on with the Seahawks and things upcoming. And I ended up at field goals and I've enjoyed that. Uh, A lot of the the articles have been great. A lot of the research, a lot of the comments are fun, but also insightful. And so we kind of looked at things, what might happen. I do remember, and I can't remember exactly when when I started getting on the field goals, but I do remember after Russell Wilson's rookie year and they lost. And I remember talking to my brother-in-law and I said, I haven't gone to a Seahawk game in a long time. We are definitely going this year because this team is going to win the Super Bowl. I know it's going to win the Super Bowl. And I was so stoked leading into that year. And so we got the tickets to Monday Night Saints game where we broke the sound record. Yes, yes. That was a fun game. We had a great blast and we made a tradition to go uh, together each year since then. Of course, last year ruined that. But that year, I really was just getting into all the ways that I could hear about it. I always like discussing, but. I started hearing uh, one of Brandon's other shows, the, the Seahawkers podcast, and listening to those guys. I think I can't remember. Uh, they were early on in it, and they were just confident every year. They're predicting every year we do a show, we're gonna we're gonna win the Super Bowl. And it's because the first two like years, that that's what happened. We did. We started yeah. the show in 2013. We went to the Super yes. Bowl, and we did the second year. We went to the Super Bowl, and so yes, we were we were on a roll and thought that was uh, that we had something to do with it. And I wish you guys would have stayed right. And I'm, I'm wondering if what if will be a little bit like that. Maybe we'll get our predictions the first time like I did. I know we're winning the Super Bowl next year. Of course, I probably wasn't the only one that thought that. We knew we were winning. Everybody that went to that game uh, against the Saints, we all knew we were winning. I was talking to everybody in line. We're winning this year. Just knew it. I don't know how much confidence we'll have in these what if scenarios. But maybe we get the first week right, and then we just start feeling like we've got it. And if we get one of these right, actually, I'll feel pretty good about it. But but I like to bring up some things that could happen. I don't know if you guys are ready to play. I know the listeners are probably interested in the great Clinton's insight as well as Brandon's. I like to think of myself a little bit as the Shane Waldron. We got Clinton over here. He's Chris Carson. He's gonna hammer. He's gonna get the. He's gonna get the tough yards. I'm used nice. to him getting the the little bits and pieces here and there and pounding away. And then we got Brandon. He's got the classy. Always says the right thing. He's gonna get some smooth long shots in there. Appreciative. Always includes all the names. And so he, he's kind of got the the rust feel to the ears. That, that that's kind of how that goes. But I'm gonna call some thoughts here. You guys are gonna respond, and we'll see if we can't advance the ball here to some what if you guys ready let's do it so this week i don't know if we'll do this every week but this week uh, i kind of put a some three f's for categories that we're going to look at and i'm calling it what if fears fantasies and faux reels so let's start with fears i got a couple of them a couple fears what if this happens and i think we all could fear this a little bit what if one of the cornerbacks, let's say CB2, has a bad case of the struggles and we come to halftime? If you were Pete, if you were Ken, what would you do? What do you hope they would do if one of them just is struggling, getting beat, giving up first downs on third and long? Would you bench him and try the next guy? Start shading him a little more with the safety? Or I know this would happen, but would you just hope coach and encourage, get it right, stick to the game plan? And you can coach him up and fix it in the second half. I don't know who wants to start. 
Brandon, I will defer to you because you were described as a gentleman and, and I will do, I will lay down my coat over the muddy pile. So you may go first. This isn't that far out because I think with, with Trey Flowers starting at CB2, he, he's, he's aware of the comments that Seahawks fans have brought up over the last couple of years. And shoot, maybe he's tuning into this episode after the game or maybe even before. Like this is the, the Trey Flowers pregame get pumped up for the game. And here we are talking about what could happen if his first half does not go well. Trey Brown is injured right now. So I think it's going to be a few weeks for him to recover and then get back into the game and, and kind of get back into the swing of things. Now, Sidney Jones, Sidney Jones would be the one guy, right? That you would say, okay, let's see what he has. Can he be ready after coming off a very short time frame of joining this team and getting him out there at halftime. You know what? I would pull the trigger and see what he has, because if if Flowers is struggling so much that that that, that question is even there come halftime, you have to see what Jones has. And I think he would have the speed to be able to keep up with these Indianapolis wide receivers more so than Flowers. And I, I'm not that I'm I guess I'm kind of surprised because it is game one, right? So, yes. the, so rehashing the question is, you know, hey, CB2, that's Trey Flowers right now. He's getting burnt. It's like the Packers playoff game where it's like, oh, dude, this is this is not going our way. Um, it's halftime. Do we bench him? Do we do we shade, you know, just give him support or kind of say, hey, you should, you, we're rolling with our guy. Um, I kind of feel like it is going to be super unlike Pete to pull the rug in game one. So I'm going to give the answer, not so much as what I, what I would do um, because I probably, I might not start him, but, yeah. um, but I think Pete's going to let him ride. I think, I think they're going to scheme in a way to, you know, try to increase pressure. I'm not sure what that means, you know, give him a little more support that one way or the other. I think it's like dial, dial up some more pressure hopefully, which might mean more blitzes, which might mean more, you know, more chances to go, to go burn our CB2. Um, but I think they're going to ride or die with him game one. And the, the philosophy behind that is very simply, I don't think this Colts team, Paris Campbell's kind of banged up Zach Pascal, Pascal. Um, there's a few other dudes, but like, we're not talking about murderers row of wide receivers or tight sure. ends, you know, with Mo Alley Cox and others. So I think they're going to let it ride and just see how bludgeoned it might get, or hey, maybe they surprise to the upside and, and Trey Trey has a good game. So my 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 what if there is Pete lets it ride and and lets Ken Norton kind of you know figure it out to try and put a little more pressure so that uh, you know Wentz has got to make some bad decisions, which we've seen him to do. I really wish we could see Ugo Amadi on the outside more. I, I have not seen enough of him lining up outside. And I, because based on everything that I've seen from him, I, I think if DJ Reed can do, it can make that transition or that can play outside. I think, sure. yeah, I think Ugo can too. Well, I, I do want to say real quickly, I think it was on, I think it was Hawk blogger or I think it was that they were talking about Marquise Blair. Also, they're like, Hey, are we sure he can't play the outside? Are we sure he has to be a nickel? You know, uh, are we sure he has to play the, the, the roaming state. It's just, it's, we don't know. Maybe he could he could also play there, um, and we just don't know yet. But I'm with you, Brendan. That's not a bad idea. That Ugo Ugo seems like he might have the talent. But but uh, and Phil, anything you want to weigh in as the protector of the uh, the multiverse here? 
I think in a number of scenarios, Clinton is likely to be right here. And also a good point that he makes is Indianapolis. I don't know about y'all, but what I'm afraid of is a run game. And Trey Flowers is a fantastic run supporter there on the side. And so if we're not so concerned about their outside receivers like Clinton brought up, just coach him up, ride or die. If, if it is a passing scenario, I think you could shade a little bit, um, crank up the pressure like Clinton said. But we need to keep going with fears. And I know Chris Carson's never afraid. Russell Wilson's never afraid. So I want to hear Clinton, Brandon, kind of those out there in the Seahawk universe, what our fears might be, what you expect your fear might be, because this we really hope doesn't happen. What if the offense just can't get any rhythm? I imagine there's a portion of your pie, a little percentage there on your fears going in this game. The offense can't get any rhythm. What would you imagine if that happened? Now, this is a fear. We hope not. What's the biggest cause? Play calling, maybe? Russ is off or O-line failures? These are suggestions. Maybe you have another one, but those are three that I thought of. Uh, Clinton, you want to go first this time on this one? What the offense might not be getting any rhythm if that happens. You know, sincerely kind of cool question. And I like the reason I think it's a good question is because there's so many unknowns, uh, hence the name of the show, like what if, right? But we're walking into a scenario where we barely saw the first team in the preseason. And by the way, I think we're all cool with that. And we have a new OC. So we only got rare glimpses of what could this offense look like. So it might be one of these halftime games where it's six to three. That's a real possibility where it's like, damn, like I thought this be different. And remember, that's a 17 game year. It's a lot longer season than people, you know, really think about football with that. You know, I, I feel like if we're not quite there yet, I'm hopeful it's not Russ, but I, but you know, seeing like last year where people, some people would go, oh, it's the O line's fault, or some people would go, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's the OC's fault, and and he's now gone, and then others would break down video and be like, the plays were there, Russ chose not to throw it short, Russ chose not to go intermediate. Um, I think that, that my logic leads me to, I think there's going to be intermediate plays and short plays and and like the whole thing you heard all offseason was like quick quicker quickest making those decisions so if that's not happening and yet we're seeing lock it over the middle or hopefully d plays and others over the middle or short then i gotta look at russ and i hate to you know i want to i don't want to point that in one half of a game but given the choices of that fear that's where i think it would go brandon what do you say my head leads me toward play calling because my biggest fear in this game is that Pete Carroll is not going to have learned anything from the offseason about Russ really? and what he's been talking about. And he is going to hammer the rock with Chris Carson early. And he's going to do it right up the middle, right into the strength of the Colts defense with those big defensive tackles. You got DeForest Buckner up front. You got Darius Leonard, the linebacker. And so if they start slowly, it's because they're calling plays. That, that they're trying to soften up the middle of the Indianapolis Colts uh. defense, and then they're getting shut down because this is a road game. How many times have we seen Pete Carroll? He's, he's fine with just kind of status quo, not going and, and taking a whole lot of chances early on in, in road games particularly, and then turning it on in the second half. So that is my concern. They're not going to get out quickly. 
in the first half of this game. Really? So you're not buying it. Jingle, jingle, jingle. I got two car keys. Russ, you get one. Shane, you get the other. I'm not driving. You're not buying it for game one, Brandon. If they're starting out at home, it might be a little bit different. But because they are on the road, that's my biggest worry. We're talking fears here. It's my fear. Yeah. Okay. No, I believe you. All right. Real quick before we get to fantasies. This is just a quick answer. Carson Wentz lights us up. If that happens, just a name that pops into your head. If Carson Wentz is lighting us up, whose fault is it? Pass rush. If the pass rush is not getting through this offensive line and, and there there's the potential there, you know, that they do have a situation at left tackle that's uh, that could lead to disaster for the Colts. But, you know, we haven't seen that much of our starting defensive line through the preseason and uh, they they weren't exactly tearing it up last year. Now, they didn't have Carlos Dunlap, but yeah, it, it, uh, I point my finger at the defensive line. Yeah, I'll give a the, the, the quick answer for me. It, I'll go a little bit more micro and say Puna, Al Woods, and Monet. And yeah. if we don't have that little collapsibility up the middle and there's a little bit of pocket that Wentz can do step up into, I think that'll be the culprit. However, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Wentz is going to be in for, I think he's in for a world of hurt. All right, very good, very good. So let's move to some fantasy. Something just, Instead of these sad fears that could happen game one, how about some awesome stuff that just might happen? And I think there's re- there's a chance of it. Week one, all kinds of crazy things could happen. But here, my guess is we're going to have no idea what kind of crazy things could happen. Of course not. But if some great things could happen, and we start with defense, which do you think would be closer to likely? And maybe why here? We get five sacks. Ooh. Or we get four turnovers. Ooh. Okay. Which do you think is more likely and why? I think so. Go ahead. Yeah, this is this is my go. Uh I you know, more likely is I think is just five sacks. And um that's it's still a hefty number. I think if if the line was like five versus three, I would have been a little more enticed to go to go there. However, my expectation is at least three and three sacks, at least. I think we have a chance to blow this one out, especially if you know if they're they're banged up on the O line. So that's my short answer. Five plus sacks is more likely than four four turnovers. Yeah, four turnovers is a steep number. I I, I there would is def- Carson Wentz playing though. Carson Wentz is playing. Right. Hey, I I'm not saying that uh, four turnovers isn't going to happen. <laughs> if I if I if I were to choose which number I want more, I want the turnovers more than the sacks. True fact, and I'd love to see Jamal Adams get get his first interception. I think what in a Seahawks uniform, right? That'd be that'd be a nice way to start the year. I think you should get the whole thing. Get a sack, get a pick, get a scoop and score. Just 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 all of them, Jamal. Get him get him out of the way on the first game. Which you witnessed live at the New Orleans game you mentioned earlier, right? Yes, Mr. Play of the game. So Mr. Bennett got his uh, pick six scoop, whatever you call it, out of the air. That was pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Okay, how about this one? Another fantasy on the offense side. A Seahawk will score three touchdowns in this version of the what if reality a seahawk will score three touchdowns not pass for three because that eliminates one of the easier ones who done it we get three touchdowns from a seahawk tyler lockett tyler lockett's the guy i'm going with because who they have lined up at the outside corner spot rock yasin if they put xavier rhodes over on dk as the 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 guy that they're leaning on to shut down could be a big day for tyler lockett on the outside yeah, and is, isn't Xavier Rhodes also like still quite? He didn't he didn't practice yesterday. I have no idea if this, we're recording this on Thursday. He he was a DNP yesterday. So okay, yeah, 
Yeah, Xavier Rose did not practice yesterday. So maybe it could be DK then too. <laughs> <laughs> true, true fact, right? All right, so Lockett's your guy. I if if you guys know three and three out, I've spoken to you for a little while now. Obviously, I'm going Rashad. No, I'm freaking. <laughs> It's got to be Chris Carson. Come on. Chris, that's and, what I expected to happen. And, and, right and just like I think I think it was week one last year, if the memory banks are serving me correctly, um, I think he caught two receptions last year in game one. I think he had two touchdown receptions, like really early in the season. So I'm going to go with Carson for the uh, trifecta, two by air, one by, you know, like a punch it in from the, from the three-yard line. Nice. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. I'm looking forward to either one of those, if not both. Why, why can't we have both, right? Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah, this, is, both? this is America. Fantasies. This is fantasies. Could have both. Okay. Well, how about some faux reels? Maybe some something that would just be thrilling or it could be the other route, but, but I'm going to start with thrilling here. Last year, our offensive line was rated by the you know really reliable uh, PFF as 14th overall for O-line. They predict us to be 19th this year. I don't know about that. What if the Seahawks O-line is an unquestionable and unbelievable success in this new offense? What would that look like to you? The O-line's an absolute success. What looks like total success for the O-line? What does that look like to you? Uh, and and to clarify, are we talking like going? Are we going back into PFF land and giving it? Like- no, I don't really care about them that much. I just want to throw them <laughs> out there so I can walk a little bit. Why? Why were we 14th last year and they say we're going to be 19th? When if anything, we should have improved. I don't. I have no idea what they're doing over there. But. Right. Right. Uh, so what does it look like? I, and I, I this I think this is me. Okay. It's like not I, a number. I, not a number of a ranking. What is the What is the team going to look like if our O line is just a total? Success? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've got this is what the team looks looks like, right? Um, if our if our offensive line is uh, is top seven, right? Take that take that for what it's worth. Then this is what the team feels like. The team is thirteen and four, and Russell Wilson gets multiple MVP votes. That's it. I think we pipe up the Slayer, and instead of raining blood, it's raining sexy deep balls from Russell Wilson. Fifty <laughs> touchdown passes, and yeah, it's it's a lot of deep throws by our quarterback. And you just give it all, give it all the O line, because obviously all those guys can do their thing if the O line does their thing, right? right? We got Tyler, we got DK, we got Russ, all more than capable of collecting those fifty beautiful touchdowns if the O line does their thing. That's what it'll look like, and it'll be thirteen wins. And um, what do you mean multiple MVP votes? How about all the MVP all votes? Probably if if all the unlimited if the MVP votes. If the yeah, fifteen and, and, touchdowns, and Brandon's raining, raining blood. I thought it was going to go raining men, but no, a raining <laughs> MVP votes, like all the MVP votes. Which, by the way, if you saw Good Morning Football this morning, uh, P. Shrags, that was his guy. He selected Russell Carrington Wilson as his very nice MVP of this year. Very so nice. I, I went right to the, the the interwebs to try and figure out if I could lay a bet on that because I like playing a prop bet every now and again. Best I saw so far was. Um, 1600 so lay 100 to win 16 uh for russell wilson carrington wilson as the nfl mvp so i I might just take that yeah i guess i guess in my discography clinton uh the weather girls weren't uh weren't it's at top of mind the way slayer was (laughs) (laughs) beautiful so we got one more one more just real right one more full real this this is it before we finish her out here and and this maybe couldn't have been a full real this might be more of a Definitely one of those scenarios that might happen here in the coming, 
whatever part of the multiverse we find ourselves in here. But this could be a reality. This could be a reality. I think as we circle back to kind of where we started from the first question, I just think this would be interesting, folks, to hear your thoughts, because I think maybe I'm not alone in, in this consideration. If the entire defense, other than outside corner, proves to be dominant, just imagine, the entire defense, other than outside corner, proves to be dominant, what potential outcomes do you foresee? You're Dr. Strange, you're going back and forth, all these different <laughs> outcomes that could take place. What can happen if our corners are like mediocre or worse and everybody else is dominant? What could happen with that? Because I kind of think that's the potential multiverses we might be entering. Everyone is awesome except for the corners. That does seem the most likely. Then this is going to have to be a high scoring game. We're going to have to see Russell Wilson. Uh, it's it's going to be a shootout type game like we saw through the first seven, eight games of last season, where it's going to be on him to be able to match the Colts score for score. So to, so to clarify, do you mean that that says our defense is mostly hopeless if just that one position, like if the rest of it's great, but if that one position is that weak, we have to have a high scoring to win? Is, is that what you're deducing from that? We just can't be a good defense if the corners aren't average or above. They have to be at least average to be okay. able to be to be competent and, and to where the quarterback can't just drop back, do a little dump off pass and continually dink and dunk their way down the field. Yeah, now you're scaring me even more. Okay, Clinton, what do you yeah, got on we the? We have seen a lot. We have seen a lot of the dipping and dunking. Like we've been burnt by tight ends, no name tight ends. That's no name quarterbacks. Jeez, but you said the word dominance, right? Yep. That means our front four is dominant. Yep. What Carson Wentz cannot move all that well. He never really could, and a couple of injuries now later, he really can't. So if our front four is dominant. Um, we win this game going away. We win this game something like thirty-three to nine. If the if every if just, even just the front four and when they do that bear, that bare front with the five, if that's dominant, we win this game going away. So you're taking the other side of the teeter totter because we know our linebackers are going to be great. I believe Marquise is going to be awesome or Ugo whoever they put in there. Our safeties are going to be phenomenal. Brandon has me all afraid that they're just going to kill us on the outside. There's nothing we can do about it. But Listen, Brandon, you were giving Carson's me the doomsday smarter. scenario of them being absolutely terrible. And so I, I took it and I, I, I ran with it, Phil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just saw that and said, it's over. If the corners can't play, I don't care if the other nine guys are awesome. I'm not we're, saying it's over. We have Russell Wilson. He can, no, he can yeah. tear it up through the air and, and keep no. us in games. If I got playing, you. If we're, if we're playing Tampa Bay, right, and you got Brady and you have yeah. three wide receivers and two good uh, you got two good tight ends and you got Rojo and you got, um, you know, G Giovanni back there, right. To, for third downs, mm -hmm. if you're playing that team with that scheme where it doesn't matter, you could be as dominant as you want. Most often Brady's going to find ways to yep. move the ball anyway, different story. That's not Wentz. That's not this team. And, and, and by the way, the only way that Brady actually got the, the dings in his armor was when the giants two times could be dominant with their with rushing four. So if we could rush four and be dominant, Carson Wentz is no Brady and th their players are not, don't match what the Bucks have. That's where I'm coming from. So am I correct in saying that Clinton believes Carson Wentz isn't quite as savvy as Tom Brady? Whoa, that is, 
Hot takes. Hot takes. <laughs> That's something you could fasten to in the multiverse, I think, probably. That's For sure. pretty good. For sure. All right. Well, it'll be interesting. There's a lot of what ifs that could take place. I, I wonder if some of these will come to pass. Hopefully, it's some of the fantasies. I'm a little concerned about corner, which I think a lot of us are. Hopefully, Carson doesn't realize that that could be a weakness for us. Hopefully, DJ just lights it up and we can cover the other side. But uh, it's going to be a great start to the season, I hope. It'll probably go nothing like we foresee, but wouldn't it be great if it does go great? I think John Fraley of Field Goals said it well on Twitter that, you know, in just a couple days from now, we're going to be furious about the Seahawks being 1-0. and <laughs> I hope so. I'm happy yep. to be furious about that. That's tough yep. to do for me, though. That is Seahawks Twitter in, in a nutshell, right? That That is it. So, and speaking of a nutshell, speaking of, you know, the universe, the multiverse in a nutshell, this has been the first, the inaugural, which I'm so happy about. You know, three in, three out, what if that you can find only on the Field Goals podcast. Brandon, there are so many other ways for people to catch your content. You're always putting out there because this, I mean, man, man, oh, man, hardworking gentleman here with the smile, with the grace, right. with everything. Yes. Uh, Brandon, where else can people catch the content and how could they join in the fun? Oh, there's so many different places you can go. But yes, be sure you are subscribed to the show, sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. You can go to fieldgoals.com, click on the podcast button. And of course, if you want to, if you want to be involved with us, be involved in the discord. We have a game day chat and Clinton's there. We have our three in three out where, where you can leave your comments to be a part of the show on an upcoming episode, uh, leave the comments in the discord. And the only way to be a part of that is to go to get in the and donate at $3 a month. And, uh, you can join us there. Very nice. Well, well worth the $3, I, I assure you. And Phil, I want to, I want to say, you know, congratulations and compliment you for being, you know, getting out here and making this happen with us. And welcome to the, uh, to the world of Seahawks podcasting and, you know, your new role as protector of the Seahawks multiverse. It's a lot of responsibility and I feel like you're up for it, bud. Thank you. And what if we said go Hawks? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go do Hawks. It. Go, Go Hawks. Hawks.